Episode 180 of the iHeart Miko podcast. I'm Miko Grimes. It is Saturday night. Let me just get this off. First off, sir, S I R, please uh, go check this man out. The album's called Chasing Summer. Yes, it's the same nigga I had on last the last episode, which was fucking two days ago. So the only reason I'm recording now is per request. You guys have been blowing up my Instagram like a motherfucker because Antonio Brown is doing exactly what we all hoped that he would do on Hard Knocks. But the shit didn't go the way we wanted it to for the show. Oh, well, for them, we still got the drama. We still got the shenanigans. Um, I was going to hold off on a lot of this stuff until Tuesday after week one went by, but fuck it. We're going to do a prequel of week one for the NFL. We're going to talk about AB. We're going to get into some more gangster shit. And since all this gangster shit involves the Oakland Raiders, of course, I got to call my homie Raider Bounty. Let me get him on the phone right now. Hope he has some tea. Regardless, he always has a great IQ and a great um, opinion on this here game of football. So let me get him on the phone. Hello. Oh, Welcome what back. a glorious, <laughs> Welcome back. glorious last few days. Thank you. They, they, they've been requesting you. You know, they, they hit me up like we need to have more. Let's hear his opinion about this. I mean, I was just saying in my intro, I was a little salty because we didn't really get all of this tea on Hard Knocks that we should have gotten. I feel like the Raiders were trying to be nice. And now they're pissed that they didn't. They were so nice. What do you think? Well, I'll get get right into it. Uh, My sources tell me that they've been setting this up since the helmet situation. And you know what's so funny? People are trying to tell me Antonio set this up. I go, who the fuck sets up losing $30 million? Who wants to go out like Hammer in Oakland again? Come on. Gruden can say all he wants in the interviews. He's been sick of Antonio's crap or whatever you want to call it. Because they've been playing good cop, bad cop, right? You you agree? Right, right, right. And let's not act like they didn't throw fuel on the fire with the the suspensions and the fines. Well, I mean, I hear a baby yelling. 
in the bed. Yeah, it's, it's dad day. I got my daughter today. Oh, goodness. Come on now. We're not going to be hearing dad, dad yelling in the background the whole time, are we? You're supposed to get have your. She's supposed to be in the bed. What time is it? Oh, no, it's six out there. It's early. Yeah, it's early. So look, so let me ask you this: Why, why were people like, like people were saying to me, like, "Oh, the Raiders aren't going to do that." What, who are they going to throw the ball to? The same motherfuckers they was going to throw it to, regardless. You don't. The Raiders are the one organization that will absolutely take an opportunity to take some money from you. Like that's them. Right. They 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 wanted him to go postal. They've been setting this up so they could have reason to get rid of him. Which makes them idiots because they could have traded him and gotten something out right. of it. Right. Why I would mean, they release you know. him? Why would they do? That's what I was thinking. Like, why would you actually release him? Why wouldn't you just keep him for as long as you feel like you want to keep him? He's on your roster. Whether he has guaranteed money or not, he's still on the roster. Well, the moment he, uh, I think the moment the four o'clock came around today, he was due a guaranteed $14 million. And the team's pretty cash strapped. So right. 14, so, but I'm saying, why did they release him? They could have taken the cash and still kept him on the roster, right? I don't know about that fourteen million, and then, and then it becomes a legal battle. Then, then they're then they're so they basically know, said we're to... going to take all the money back, not just the half. Exactly. Okay, so they, they were just cutting their losses. Then they were just like, you know, what is not worth it. Well, and and you know what? From all intents and purposes, it looked he, he went out. He gives the apology. He looks like he's going to play. And they 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 the Raiders, yeah. They say, well, you know what? On second thought, yeah, they exercised the clauses in his contract that they were going to uh, avoid his guaranteed money. Right. He wakes up this morning, decides to post on Instagram. He don't want to be on the team anymore because he ain't playing, you know, without any guaranteed money. Which I understand completely. I mean, no, Julio wasn't going to play for no guaranteed money. Right. Right. And 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 to be honest, like. There, there's, there's one of two ways this was going. Either the Raiders or the Antonio Brown was playing chess, mm-hmm. or Antonio Brown's crazy. And either we're not smart enough to know what he was really doing, the average person, or we're all idiots for trying to rationalize crazy. Now, it doesn't look like <laughs> crazy anymore because he already had a contract lined up with New England. Well, you, he had a contract. Let me, let me just say this because I don't know – I'm sure I feel like you know this, but a lot of people don't know this. You already know who you're signing. When we were leaving, when we were uh, leaving uh, Miami, I already knew who we were signing with. People, you already know. You already know. I don't know why people don't understand that. It's just like any other business. There's people talking. There's whispers. There's things happening. There's like there was a tweet that someone said, do you think Belichick would jump on Antonio Brown? And somebody said, I think he would. Like that's a sign. That's a smoke signal. Like, hey, we will sign you. You know, it's just I, go ahead. Who didn't see this coming? I, saw, I tweeted it out two, yeah. two days ago. The Patriots. Two days ago. Go ahead. Two days ago, I said. Belichick's going to make a phone call. Handjob's going to write the check. And, and Antonio Brown's going to be a Patriot. Handjob is a sick nickname, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you see how that just went right under the rug? His bullshit, right? Crazy. Yeah, right. And, and you know, and and, and yet, let's do that. I'm going to touch on that for a second. Go ahead. They've never given him half the amount of criticism Antonio Brown is getting right now. Across the board with the media. He yeah. didn't hurt nobody. He didn't beat his wife. He didn't break his kid's leg. He wasn't involved in some sex trafficking ring. <laughs> Yet he's getting trashed right now. 
you know, and he just went to that team and now they're praising the move. It's, it's, why do you think Antonio Brown is so excited that he lost $15 million? Well, I think he's in a place where there's some leadership and some structure, and he knows he's going to win, and winning's fun. I think his contract's a one-year, $15 million. He it's, finishes it out. It's $9 million guaranteed. That's it. Right. Everybody needs to relax. It is not a $15 million contract. It is a $9 million contract, Right. And right. there's $6 million in incentives, which means he could not get that $6 million. He could or he couldn't. And he probably won't. Exactly. I mean, they're usually pretty real, yes. un- unrealistic. Yes. And that's so, why I don't understand why people think that this is a win for him. Obviously, the win is a Super Bowl. Win is a championship. A win is leading the NFL in yards and catches, all the things he was doing in Pittsburgh, and then winning a Super Bowl. That's a win. But if you go to some team and you make $9 million this year – and you were set to make $30 million guarantee. This is an L. I don't care. It's an L. It was four, well, what was, was it $14 million guaranteed for this first year. Yeah, I mean, he definitely took a, a $5 million loss for just going year to year. But who knows? Like I said, it, we're either trying to explain crazy or we're trying <laughs> to explain somebody smarter than us. And, and either way makes us look yeah, dumb. Yeah, we look dumb. Yeah, try, trying to figure it out. I, I know one thing. He didn't want to play for a rapist quarterback in Pittsburgh, and he got tired of you know Derek Carr's Bible thumping bullshit in Oakland. I dare, I guarantee he gives no problems to Brady. Well, I mean, why would you though? Like honestly, you can't. Ar- the only thing you could argue about Tom Brady, truthfully, is that he's a, a MAGA hat wearer. I mean, other than that, what flaw does he have? Like, what has he done wrong? Nothing. Right. He really and, is and, a good guy. Like he he wins football games. It's never his fault. He's 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 got the a fucking hot ass wife. He's he's living a you know he's plant based. Like he's just a good person. It seems like, and he wins. And the, and the moment if there is if this was crazy and Antonio Brown's just a nut, the moment it becomes a problem, Belichick will just cut him, cut him. in a heartbeat. Because it's just nine million dollars essentially. They could cut him right. next week when they put they put the Dolphins. That's the first game he's going to play in Miami. I cannot wait. I will already have tickets. Um, they're playing Miami, and that's going to be his first game in Miami. And I and I'm trying to explain to people this is this is how and this is not to shit on my husband or anybody making seven million dollars and nine million dollars a year. It's not like it's a bad thing. My husband had seven million guaranteed last year, three million incentives, ten total. Antonio Brown is essentially playing for two more million dollars guaranteed. I don't understand what we're I don't for a person like him. I don't understand why he was so excited outside of the fact that he thinks he's with a winner now. And I, and I, and I can't explain it either. I mean, like I said, we're either trying to explain crazy or, or, or <laughs> he really just wants to win. Well, he's in the right building if he wants to win, because that's the one organization that no matter what happens, no matter who comes, who goes, they lose receivers, they lose corners, they lose linebackers, offensive linemen, as long as they have Belichick and Tom Brady, you got to cash them out as one of the teams that's going to be in the Super Bowl before the season ever starts. And let, and and of that $9 million, who knows, like the risk New England's taken, who knows how that contract's written. Right. We don't even know yet all the details. And Antonio Brown's signing bonus was guaranteed. Mm-hmm. He got fined five hundred thousand dollars and another five hundred thousand dollars just for missing off-season workout. Didn't show up for eighty-five percent of it. 
there was a million right there before the $50,000 that set him off mm-hmm. in Canada. Yeah. And then the $200,000 for calling the GM a cracker. I mean, he, he might owe the Raiders <laughs> money at this point. He's, got, he's racked up $1.25 million in fines and they never paid him a dime. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he may have 9 million coming to him in new England, but if he starts becoming a problem, they'll just keep finding them. This was supposed to be a second chance. Oakland was supposed to be a second chance. He never even got the second chance off the ground. You can't possibly go to New England and cause more problems. You can't can't do that, can you? Uh, What was that defensive lineman that that used to be with Washington that didn't really work out there? I mean, Ocho Cinco didn't really work out. You know what they did? They just sat him on the bench. Mm. You know, some some guys it just doesn't work. He's not uh, gonna put, just, quietly sit on nobody's bench. Yeah, then they'll just cut him. They'll just they'll just they'll just get rid of him. And 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 the Patriots will still probably be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean they were in it before this, and I think that this gives them a crazy weapon, obviously. But I just I just want to see that, like I inside of me I want this to turn out good. I want Antonio to to win. Somehow, just, but in order for him to win, he's got to get out of his own way. You can't be threatening the GM. You can't tell him you're going to smack him. Like what? What are you doing? Like I don't. Uh, I, I'm going to use an analogy that's that's hopefully going to make sense to the listeners. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. I think you'll get it. It's it's the hot chick thing. It, you know, it, your friend's dating a really smoking hot chick, and all you hear are the stories about how batshit crazy she is. But she's really good in bed, all right? Mm-hmm. All your friends know she's crazy. She's driving you nuts. After a few months, you finally get sick of it. They're all lining up to be next in line. Yeah. If you're that talented, mm-hmm. people are going to give you a long leash. And anybody yes. that's judging the Patriots right now, or even judging the Raiders for that matter, because they didn't see what happened in Pittsburgh, is all a fucking hypocrite. Women do the same thing with guys that step all over you know, women. The moment that guy's single... Women are slipping them the digits. So it's it, we're all victims of it. When you're talented, you get a lot of leash. And he's one of the top five players in the NFL. Uh, questionable, but I, I could see your point. Listen, this is what I put on Instagram yesterday, and I said something about them releasing him and taking his money, and I said then the rest of the league can bid on him at a dumb low price and say it's because of his behavior. Take this small bag or retire. We owe you now. That's that's what he's looking at right now, and the Raiders have the power to save him from that financial L. Now, that's exactly what happened. I'm pretty sure other teams probably offered more money, a little bit more. But why would you go somewhere else when you can just go to New England? Like, if you're really trying to win, you can't take, like, $22 million and then go to Arizona, can you? Yeah, and, and and who knows? Like you're saying, who who knows these bigger contracts? How much of it was actually guaranteed? Yes. What GM's going to stick out a bunch their neck right. out for a bunch of guaranteed money? Every owner wants them, and you don't have to. It, right. You don't. Literally, right now, you wouldn't have to. So the best team for him to go to is usually the lowest offer, which is always New England. They're always the lowest, and the reason people usually take their offer is because they're the Patriots. Why not? If you're going to get lowballed by anybody, it might as well be the sixth guy. So now he wants to. So now it looks like a guy that just wanted to win. That's how, how it's appearing. 
and, and he took control of his career and, and maybe he had to manipulate the system to get it. But don't we all wish we could be so lucky? Let me tell you Every something. There's nothing, there's nothing about this that says he was going to take it. I don't know Antonio Brown. I don't know him okay. at all. But what I what I know about football players and people like him, you don't want to take no $30 million L. I don't give a fuck what the situation is. You don't. You really don't. And for him to take this L like this, he, first of all, he had nothing to do with this L. He pretty much pleaded and begged and cried for his job back. Okay? And they said, okay, sure, you're going to play on Monday. But by the way, we're not giving you any guaranteed money. And that's when he asked to be released. So right. you were still going to play for the Oakland Raiders. You wanted that job. You, you begged for your job back on Friday with your captains next to you. You begged for your job in, in fake tears, I'm assuming, because they said he was teary-eyed or whatever. You begged for your job back. If you wanted to be cut, you could have been cut right then and there. Yeah, he never had to go through the pony song and pony dance of, of doing that apology and yeah. getting down on his knees. And that's where I, I come back and say that I, I have it on pretty good authority that the Raiders had decided they wanted him out a long time ago. Yeah. And and they didn't and then they exercised those clauses in the contract after the situation supposedly had been squashed. Right. They and said threw it was squashed. more gas on the fire. And yeah, then he records Gruden's conversation without Oof. his permission. And then Gruden goes on record and says he didn't have his permission, but he thought it was great. Obviously Gruden looked great in the, 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 the audio. He's, you know, he sounded like he was on his team. He sounds like he's, you're my guy. I love you, man. You're people, you're just misconstrued. Like people just don't understand who you are. Like, was that bullshit? I don't think so. I think that was the real groom, but I, I'll tell you one thing when, when Gruden was saying that he thought it was awesome, that I guarantee he didn't. So he was lying about that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You, all NFL coaches, he's heated. Yeah, because that. that's what I'm game. thinking, too. Like, there's no fucking way any of them. Will, and that's the thing that made me like when I was here with my friends, we were all getting getting ready to go play, watch Serena play. And I said to them, I said, the only thing that makes me think that the Patriots wouldn't sign him is the recorded conversation, because Belichick just doesn't appear to really be with those type of shits. Like, that's just completely out of bounds right there. You know, but I was like, but. The Patriots do sign everybody's trash. Whoever throws out the trash, the Patriots turn into a treasure all the time. And they and they make them into good players. I mean, again, he's super talented. A lot of these guys just need structure. Mm-hmm. I, I just uh, want to see if this structure is actually what he needed because to me – the, the Patriots have still still have some explaining to do. Not the Patriots, the Steelers. I believe that Antonio was missing practice all the time. He was probably missing stuff and late to stuff and wasn't getting fined, and they kept it in-house and kept it off the books. And, and, and then he, they just sent him off into the wild without a, a post-it note stapled to his shirt. You know how you're, when you're in school, your teacher staples a note to your shirt so your parents get it? <laughs> they should have stapled a note on him that said, does not play well with others. Really, really, really wants the ball, even if you're winning. Doesn't come to practice sometimes, but is a great player. That's the rumor. Yeah. I mean, the rumor, the rumor coming out now, of course, it's being leaked by whoever in Pittsburgh with a vendetta, is that they did cover up a lot of his BS. They had to have. This didn't just come and out of nowhere. 
and there and and let's make no mistake the rumors that we're going to hear of, of all the little things antonio was doing while in oakland are going to be much worse than the stuff we found out about mm-hmm. and i'm mad the hard knocks just didn't kept that like they just really squandered an opportunity for great tv yeah he, he wasn't on there much was he no he wasn't at all and I didn't appreciate it either. Like, they only showed good things. Like, no shade. I want to see good things too. But there was a lot of bad happening. And I feel like the Raiders must have just been trying to cover that thing up or something or make it look pretty. Makes you wonder how much creative control the, the team has over, you know, what they're able to to black out and keep out of the, you know, they won't, they don't want it turning into HBO's Ballers or, or uh, you know, if you remember that way back when on ESPN Playmakers. I mean, I'm sure the cameras can catch a lot more. I wonder how much the NFL can can force cut out. They have the final editing say. Uh, they absolutely do because I was told uh, by HBO people when we were on Hard Knocks that the NFL told like they were, they had so much footage of me, so much of me and Brent as well, and the NFL was like, "We're not giving them a platform." We were told that by the HBO producers. They were like, "Yo." They do not want you on TV. They don't want people to even know your story, to even know anything. Like they are like, nah, shut it down, cut the cut. Let's let's go to another player. Yeah, because you guys are super interesting and would have made for good TV. Yeah. So uh, they just didn't want to give us a platform because they know that I talk shit about them and how fucked up the league is. But (laughs) I would have played nice. I would. They could edit out. They definitely edit out some stuff that I said about the league, but they could have kept the cool shit in there. Right, right, right. But the NFL controls has a final say in a lot of that stuff. But if you don't get it recorded, you can't even put it on the show. So the Raiders ultimately have the, the initial say in exactly what gets recorded, period. You see what I mean? Right. So did they, now when, when they were in Miami, did, did, did the people with the cameras, were there definitely areas that were restricted? I wasn't here for Hard Knocks Miami. We, didn't, okay. we, we weren't signed here. They, they did Hard Knocks a year before we came. And we, we were okay. in Hard Knocks with Tampa. Okay. And, so, and then were there areas that the cameras couldn't go to? No, no. But they not that everywhere. I saw. Not that I saw. Okay. But there was, it's not like everyone has a camera on them. You know what I mean? So it's only specific cameras. And once they've committed to a story, they have to follow that story. You see what I mean? I see. I see. So if the story initially wasn't to follow all the shenanigans of Antonio Brown, they don't even have that footage. And that's very conspicuous because he's, again, a top player yeah. in the NFL, super colorful, super interesting. Has a lot to say. Out, yeah. yeah it's, it's on purpose. It's intentional. Yeah. So now I just want to see exactly if he, because if he's crazy, he's still going to be crazy in New England. Like that's just what it's going to be. And one of the things that I noticed, and this is just my eye of watching football and watching him over his career is he does not like when other team teammates score touchdowns. He wants all the balls. He wants all the scores. He literally like, gets angry on the field like he slaps his 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 thighs like if he feels like he was open on a ball and the the quarterback went to somebody else whether they caught it or not touchdown or not he's still angry I've literally seen this in games and I've been watching film on my husband's iPad I'm just like yo why is he so mad when somebody else scores and Brent was just like that's how he is he he you know it's like you like a guy that wants to win you want that guy but you also don't want him to be upset when 
you're still winning, but another player is getting the shine. So, so you don't, you don't think Antonio is 100% innocent in this. You, you think at, at worst he's crazy and at best he's still a selfish dude. That, oh, he's that, absolutely that was- selfish. I'm not going to diagnose him as crazy because I just don't like when people do that to me. All I can right. do is tell you that the experiences and, and that I've seen with other players, it appears that he may be suffering from CTE. Just some of the the outlandish, you know, just some of the sporadic things that happen. Like he's one minute, he's this little teddy bear. You know what I mean? He's just so sweet. And, you know, the way he is with the fans and kids, like, and then there's this other side of him that running up on the GM, ready to swing. And, and then, like, you record your coach without his permission. Like, it almost appears that his brain just isn't working. Like, these are just no-no's. These are absolutely, you know how I am. I'm crazy when it comes to my husband. I would never in my life threaten to hit a GM. I would never, if my husband even did that, I would, without him attacking you or aggressing you in some kind of way, that is crazy. That is crazy to me. This, if, no, if your life isn't being threatened or if someone's not engaging you in that way, not even talking to you, I'm, I'm being told that, that Antonio was the aggressor. He was he was the only one yelling. That Mayock was just standing there. Well, then maybe Antonio is just an asshole. I mean, it's Possibly. totally conceivable. Like, <laughs> just because plenty of people are great with kids, but they're dicks. To, they're, they're, yeah, he's they a have piece, he's an asshole. With adults. Just because he's talented on the, on the, in the football field doesn't mean he's not a dick. I mean, he wouldn't be the first you know, yeah. selfish player. I mean, fuck, there's selfish people in all walks of life. So yeah. it's, it's, it's totally conceivable. And, and I think the CTE thing, again, it's, it's possible, or maybe he's just an asshole. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm just excited now. Now I cannot wait into, to see because people are trying to say, well, you know, New England deals with troubled players all the time. They have never dealt with this type of trouble. Never. No player that has ever, even Ocho Cinco, no player has ever done the things that he has done in the last 72 hours. When was that practice? Wednesday? Oh, no, it's four yeah. days. 72. So 86 hours? 96 hours. He has threatened the GM. He has tried to hit the GM. He has recorded a conversation with the head coach. He has posted a fine and told the, and told the world that his team is against him. He has begged for an apology, begged for his job back. He has been reinstated. And then, like, who has. He posts a professionally edited video, like, night yes. quality. Yes. It was incredible, yeah. right? I yeah. was like, damn, he had this waiting. He had this waiting in the wings. It was almost inspiring. It was yeah. like you start rooting for the guy. That's why I know he still wanted to be there. You don't post that if you don't want to be a Raider. You don't. You don't. I'm sorry. You feel the. You think the emotion was genuine? Yes, I truly feel uh, like he wanted his money. That regardless of whether they were going to win games or not, he right. wanted his thirty million dollars. I'll say this: I am disappointed that he's not with the Raiders because I thought the crazy was just going to keep increasing, and eventually he was going to have a blowout with Derek Carr. That's ultimately, you know, for my own personal enjoyment, I was waiting for that incident to happen where it's like fourth and 12, you know, 18 seconds left in the game. 
And then Derek Carr, instead of throwing the ball in into coverage and, and, and trying to win, he throws the ball out of balance because he doesn't want the INT on his stats. Oh, you know, man. and then and then A B just goes ballistic. You know, that to me I felt like was where we were headed. But, and see you, you know, cannot Ben Raplesberger, you know, as 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 creepy as he is about women in their vagina, he's still a good quarterback. He was he always has been. He's obviously declining, but he's always been a good quarterback. You, if you can, if you can argue with Ben, and then obviously argue with Derek Carr, what can you say to Tom Brady if he throws you a bad ball, or if he throw, or he doesn't throw? What is it that he could say? Well, Tom Brady's a totally different animal, though. I mean, again, Ben. That's why I said this has to go right, right? It has to because I mean, look at look at Derek. Derek Carr won't even speak to the media right now. He's got his brothers out there doing the talking for him. (laughs) Pansy. He's totally spineless, you know. And then Ben, his incidents with the women are so well uh, documented. It's it. I granted, Ben's made a lot of wide receivers a lot of money. Yes, he has, including there's Antonio. a lot of them going way back that yeah. have made a lot of money going elsewhere. The Mike Wallace's, Antonio, you know, Martavius Bryant, a bunch of guys that when they left got noticeably, they basically disappeared. Their careers went mm-hmm. away. So. You got to give, you know, Roethlisberger credit, you know, on the flip side, Derek Carr's chased out a bunch of wide receivers. Yeah. Crabtree, Cooper, now AB. I mean, they obviously had a rift, you know, with, with, with the moment AB had the incident with Mayock, you know, Derek starts DMing him Bible verses and crap. And then they get into this, you know, <laughs> I'm unfollowing I'm you. I'm unfollowing on you, piece of shit. Yeah. You know, and then I'm going to, then I'm going to take passive shots at you through my brothers through the media yes he does definitely does that people think i don't even know like even when i was watching hard knocks and i was seeing how Derek carr tries to talk to his teammates he tries to act like he's black like he tries to act all cool and everything like you're not fooling nobody none of us are fool my nigga like watch out and 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 tom's gonna get out in front of everything yeah when has he ever ran from the media he still does his local radio show yeah that's why I said this has got to work. If this doesn't work, Antonio is up shit creek. All the way up uh, shit creek. He's got plenty of money saved up. Yeah. I mean, it ain't the end of the world for him. Yeah, it ain't the end um, of the world, but it might be the end of his career. And you know what happens when you don't leave this league the way they want you to leave this league? You end up maybe taking second and third third try Hall of Fame. You know, they, they'll, they'll push you down the list like they did T.O. Right. Right, right, and right. that's going to piss him off even more. And as colorful and as charismatic as T.O. is, he'd probably make a pretty good commentator on one of these pregame shows. Man. They, I, would, they would never give him that chance. No, they don't even want to give him anything. Like, they want to just make him go away just because he wouldn't follow the rules. Uh, so I see where you're getting at. Antonio's ramifications are going to hit long after mm-hmm. whatever he's got saved are possibly gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I guess we'll have to wait this week. We won't get to see him Monday night. Uh, that would have been fun. But now we get to see Derek Carr without uh, a weapon like that. Is there going to be excuses being made for why he's not playing well? Because he doesn't have Antonio. Once again, he's going he's gonna to get, get let off the hook. That was the other <laughs> thing. You know, now, now everybody can say that there was a distraction and it derailed the season, and he's actually a good quarterback, and we need to give him another year. That's why I call him Derek Tannehill. 
He just gets excuse <laughs> after excuse after excuse. Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Trubisky, Sam Darnold, they are like reverse affirmative action in the NFL. That that the the white quarterback is reverse affirmative action. Yeah, they I'm get chance after chance after chance, and yeah. But if you were black quarterback, you get sent back to the projects if you don't work out. It's just you just didn't you couldn't you couldn't latch on, you know. Um, speaking of people getting chance after chance, let's change subjects. You got a little time? Yes, I do. Fitzpatrick. Fitz Magic is going to make history tomorrow as the first quarterback to start eight different teams in his career. Who's what, he playing for now? The Miami Dolphins. You remember you like he won? He he. No, let me say this: Fitzpatrick is absolutely a backup quarterback. There's no right. question; he's a backup. Right. However, he's a great backup to have. And the reason that I say he's great is because he's fearless, first of all. Um, he's he's nowhere near – I compare him and Brent – Brent kind of agrees to – we, we, we kind of call him the low-budget Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. You know, like he really isn't as athletic. He isn't as strong of an arm. He isn't as great. But he literally does a lot of cool shit every time he plays. Like, he throws no hand, no look passes like Mahomes. You know, he's got the balls to throw a fucking bomb, even though he doesn't have the arm. Like, he will put that shit out there and and let you go get it. He's tough as nails. He will get hit. He will run. He's deceptive on the run. And if you need a guy to just come and sub in and give your team, like, a little bit of light, like, while your starter is out three or four weeks, he's great. Starting, I don't know. That's that's different, but he's obviously better than what they have. And if you're tanking, why why not tank with Fitz? You know. Yeah, I, he he's one of those guys, and we've seen him before. The the Josh McCallans of the league, they they got the the intangibles, the, mm-hmm. the maybe the leadership qualities yeah. and the decision making. But you know, over the course of a season, teams figure him out, yep. or you know, he he he's like you're saying, he's a stopgap. But at some point, you need talent. Mm-hmm. At some point, you got to have an arm. You know, do I think the, having an arm is the most important thing? No, because there's been plenty of guys that had an arm that couldn't start one game. You know, like you're saying, he's he's got all the the, the intangibles you'd want, and he makes the most about uh, with with what it with what he has. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've always been a fan of quarterbacks like that. Yes, that's why I like him. Like it's it's just like you know, like your starter is out. And you're like, fuck, we don't have any hope. But Fitz just comes in and you're just like, you know what? If anybody can sneak us a win or two while we're waiting for our quarterback to get back, it's him. Right. But starting him, we, I think the Dolphins are starting him because they're obviously, you know, they're, they're tanking. They've gotten rid of just about everything for draft picks. And let's say week six comes along and he's not playing well because he doesn't have anything around him. He doesn't even have an offensive line. Shit's going south. They can always throw Rosen in there. You know, they can always be like, Oh, let's throw Rosen in Fitz, You're not doing that great. Have a seat. It doesn't really cost him anything with either player. Right. What do you think of Rosen? Well, I've been to two preseason games. I actually went to, he didn't really play that much in the second one, but what I saw is he appears to be a little lost. It's almost as if he doesn't know, like the speed of the game might be too fast for him. Like he, he's not 
fluid. He's he's not like confident. Like when I'm watching a football game, I see I watch the pace, like how the quarterback commands the line, how he commands, like gets everybody up and ready to go and gets him in the out of the huddle with time on the on the clock. Like he doesn't have any of that. He had no game about him, and and that maybe makes me think that he's just scared. I mean, he. He's swimming out there. Yeah, I mean, and, and to his, you know, and it's sad because he definitely came from Arizona where there was another shit show. He didn't have an offensive line there either. He was getting pummeled every week, you know, and expected to do great things. And then he comes to the Dolphins. It's like the Dolphins 2.0, another shit show. And so I, I'm not one of those people that make excuses because I think great quarterbacks, you can see whether they have an offensive line or a receiver or not. So he's not great. I just can't call him a bum just yet because I haven't really – I feel like I haven't really seen enough. Right. Yeah, I mean, that that is a super valid point. Nobody ever had to wonder whether Aaron Rodgers correct. was a franchise QB. Right. John Elway, Joe Montana, mm-hmm. any of these guys. Peyton Manning went to a horrible Indianapolis Colts team. Yes. You instantly knew he was going to be a yes. Hall of Famer. And, and so – it just goes back to the old saying, if there's any doubt, there's no doubt. If you find yourself yep. wondering, I've got to get these guys more talent around them, well, then you know you got a B-level quarterback or worse. You, you, he's not an A. Yeah. He's definitely so. not. It's B, B or worse, yeah. And, and I mean, they got him for pennies, so technically it's not really a loss, especially if they're tanking for this Tua guy from Alabama. There's These well, are just rentals, you know? Right. But the way right. the Dolphins' uh, whole – uh, organization is set up they probably won't even get the tank that they're trying to get like they just have no good luck at all and how can you have good luck with a coach who tells Kenny did you see you saw what Marcellus Wiley said when he said that if you're biracial or if you grew up in any type of affluent neighborhood or you didn't grow up in the hood you can't possibly speak for um you know you can't be a, a, a you can't be one of our leaders in the social justice department and then Flores, their coach, seconded that, talking about his own receiver, and then comes in and plays eight Jay-Z songs in practice to maybe piss him off. I don't know what he's doing, but who wants to play for him? Like, wh- why would anybody want to play for him? He's just such a liar. He just, like, it's annoying to keep hearing him at the podium. I'm here in Miami, so I get all of his press con- I get all of his news right here on my TV, and he's just constantly saying how they're not tanking. They're going to win games. They're like, how? With what? Do you think that Miami will ever be decent? No. When was the last it, time they were decent? And even the year that they went to the playoffs a couple of years ago, they weren't decent. Matt Moore they, came they, in and saved the day with that. What, what I'm asking is, like, they, they were a stable, regular franchise for a long time, 70s, 80s, 90s. You know, they, they, they had a heck of a, a you know, playoff streak. And and the the knock on them was always you know how do you get key players focused living in Miami, and now since you know basically since Marino has been gone, it just looks like the ownership is a shit show. It's changed mm-hmm. the teams changed hands, the management and Mike Tannenbaum. I I, I remember Goodness. watching hard and how this guy get a, get this job. How is he qualified because, for this at all? Because he's his friends are all Jewish and they all look out for each other. That's essentially why I got called uh, anti-Semite because I said Jew <laughs> instead of Jewish. And But the Jew buddies look out for each other. Like they have a community. I love it. You know, like I got to respect it. I wish fucking black people was like that, keeping it real, but they have a community. 
essentially. And I think that the reason the Dolphins are cursed, and this is just something that I think, and it goes back to them shitting on Jason Taylor and him having to go to the Jets. You remember that? Right. Right, and then right, coming right. back, I think that is their karma. They will live it forever until they do right by him. Do you think it's strictly an ownership thing? You, from your opinion, do you think it's harder to play in that city, though, from, from maybe no. more of a player's perspective? No. But- when you're an NFL player, the things that they say will get will get you, first of all, it, every city that there's an NFL team has the same distractions. Pussy. Right fucking clubs drugs that's everywhere it's everywhere it's not just my I mean, why are people struggling with that in la then why not why not in new york well the wonder is going to be how the how it does in vegas yeah it's it's the same shit you're you it's the people if someone has a vice they're going to deal with it how they deal with it because right. people come to this team and see that there's no winning culture here. And maybe that makes them, you know, slack off more and not give a fuck because they can tell that they've been sitting this fucking quarterback here for seven years, lying everybody, saying what, how good he is, and now they're taking. I mean, I would probably find other shit to get into too. That makes a heck of a lot more sense than the, than city. the city. No. Right. I think it's just the the city, they don't win. So the players, when they come here, it's everybody comes here for a bag. It's like, oh, fuck it. I'll go to Miami and, and not be good and just take take a pay raise. Sure. No, no right, expectations right. on you to be great here because they've not been great in God knows how long. Well, we can talk all the shit we want on Miami, but at the end of the day, I don't see any players making videos and, and threatening the GMs. That, that, that just shows just how <laughs> bad the Raiders are. Jesus, I think it's Antonio. I don't. You haven't seen that from any. I mean, the worst thing that happened before was the, the line ganging up on on Carr, which I thought is, was a good thing. You know, they stood they stood together, but Antonio is just he's he's a problem. And until he's not a problem, he has to accept the fact that people are going to say he's the problem. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Yeah. You were yeah. wrong in Pittsburgh, even though Ben was wrong. About how he, what he said about the the radio show, how he addressed him, that was wrong. But you know what else is wrong? How Antonio did Juju on his way out. That's wrong. You know, that's just completely wrong. That man did nothing to him. And then he starts attacking Shannon Sharp like that's wrong. Then he starts saying, all people are always, he, he's tweeting things that people are doing while doing them. <laughs> like What? You can't tell people to stop being sensitive and stay off social media while you're on social media being sensitive. It just doesn't. That's make an interesting sense. theory: is that he's addicted to the social media and the fame. That that's its own drug. Mm-hmm. And and there there could be something to that. I mean, look, he's a relatively young guy. He was born in a, certainly a different era than myself. The social media has been around for him since day one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, it's going to be hard for, for me to explain it, you know, whereas, you know, and, and to rationalize the behavior. But that's the I mean, he's able to make one tweet and get 5000 interactions. It's a drug. Instantly. Yeah. It's a dopamine. It, it's real. Yeah. And you know what's so crazy? This is a completely changed subject. Julio Jones obviously got paid today. 
three years, 64 million guarantee, all guaranteed. Doesn't has social media, barely posts anything, barely says a fucking word ever, ever. And is getting cashed out. Zeke got cashed out. Golf got cashed out. Um, what happens in, 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 uh, Dallas after we've, we've seen four was this four players have gotten cashed out with them Jerry always pays do you th- who's big who's getting paid Dak or um uh receiver uh Cooper uh, Cooper Cooper so you think what's happening with Dak no I I, I think Dak's gonna get I gonna get paid and I think they're going to they want to see Cooper actually put up some numbers Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to start over at the quarterback position. Jerry's always been good to the quarterbacks. I mean, he gave Quincy Carter a long leash. Yeah. You know, and Dak, Dak doesn't suck, and they've put enough weapons around him. Mari Cooper's really good. Uh, oh, he's, yeah. a good he's a good player, and I'll, I'll keep saying this. One of his biggest assets is his route running and his speed, and if you look the way he runs, he's got loose hips. He's he, he, he The way he runs, he's going to be able to run like that for a long time. He's not going to be somebody I think is going to break down. He's a natural, fast runner that has natural hip coordination. And, and I don't think that's going to go away. So I, you know, and he, I think they should keep him. He's young. He's in his prime. But he's going to want to get paid. And it doesn't matter. Like, like you know, they, they obviously paid Zeke because they realized Derek, uh, Dak Prescott is not Dak without Zeke. It just doesn't work. Right. You can't right. put the ball in his hand that many times and expect him to be successful. So you have to get Zeke back. Now, if you pay Dak, you cannot pay Cooper. You cannot. Not what he would deserve. And the problem is it's not that he he doesn't deserve it. It's more about other teams being able to afford it, <laughs> you know? So it's like if somebody else says, hey, leave them. We got the money for you, you know, what do you do? Well, who's easier to replace? I mean, certainly Cooper is. Yeah, because you don't have so to start I, over from the brain, from the from the top. I just think these wide receivers, though, man, even the even the really talented. I'm not taking anything away from Antonio Brown or 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 Amari Cooper. I think they're both highly talented. I don't think there's any position that's more dependent on the situation. No, they uh, they can't they, they can't even flourish. Yeah, you can have a guy that's that's all pro one year go to a different team with maybe a different system, you know, certainly a different quarterback and, and they, and they don't look like the same guy, you know, most other positions can still find a way to be successful. Why do we see some of these wide receivers, which is funny because they're so they're out there on that Island. They got this different personality type, you know, it's more of a diva position, Mm -hmm. but they really should have more humility and, and, and kind of know when the grass is not always greener on the other side. But then again, I, I totally see your standpoint. You're you're a secure the bag person. Mm-hmm. Go get that money. Fuck it. Okay, your career goes in the tank. You got that money. Think long term. Taking care of your family. Yada yada yada. Ultimately, this is a job to them, and mm-hmm. you know it, 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 that's why I was I who was it? I wanted to ask you about um, earlier in the year. What at what point does quality of life become somewhat of a factor? Exactly. And, and that's what, not even, not even quality of life as far as like your mental, but just taking care of your family. Because what people don't seem to understand as a fan is that this ring that you see as this treasure, as this most amazing thing is worth nothing. 
at the end of the day. It is worth nothing but bragging rights. That is not going to pay your bills. That's not going to put food on your table. That is not going to make sure that your kids have uh, clothes on their back. So the ring is obviously like a thing. It's important. It's a goal a lot of players have. But once you get to the NFL and you realize all the bullshit that goes on with it, and you see that that ring is like something that they dangle over you, even though they know your team isn't even in contention for that ring, they have you motivated by that even to your salary, saying to you things like, oh, well, that's all you're here for is money? Yeah, actually, motherfucker, who is not at their job for money? Who? Okay, so let me give you an example because you're you're on the – extreme end of saying just secure the bag take the money it Kawhi Leonard that's the guy I, I wanted to ask you about when he was weighing out free agency he could have got more money in Toronto mm-hmm. maybe under less pressure certainly less media the whole town loves him quality of life quite high but he could have went home also to LA where all his family are gotten paid still quite what you know I mean certainly going to make over 100 million dollars either way Mm-hmm. going to another maybe even more talented team you know supporting cast right is is there a tipping point where the money doesn't matter well, and, see, and why kind of that example well you can't compare i thought we were having a football discussion that's different because okay. what you have to understand is when you're playing football is when you're also trying to get this money you're risking your life every snap right. you're not doing that okay. in basketball you see what i mean So in basketball, it's a completely different discussion. It's really about fun a lot of times. It's like, where am I going to have the most fun and I can still get a check? Because he obviously could have stayed in Toronto, but think about the, the, the work it took to get that championship. Think about all the things that had to go wrong in order for them to get where they were. You can't count on that. You can't really say that this is going to be the same team next year if he stays in Toronto. You can't say that. And I think that a lot of basketball players will take less to go somewhere with more talent because it's an easier road. It's less. You can take more breaks. You have more fourth quarters off if you have a better team, if you have a great bench, if you have a great supporting cast, you know. And in Toronto, that was work. That was 82 games of work just to get to the playoffs to then almost lose to Philly. Um, to luckily run into a Milwaukee team that just wasn't quite ready for that light. And then you get a depleted Warriors team. That's a that's a lucky-ass run, if you ask me. And no shade, because they still won it, and a ring is a fucking ring. They faced whoever was there. But right. you would think that a person going to the Clippers with what they have is going to be an easier road to the championship is what you would think. Even though LeBron's still in the West, the Warriors, even though they're depleted, they're still going to be a problem. Houston's trying to do some stuff. Can't ever count out Utah. Portland made good runs. Like there's still some, some, some hurdles in the West, but the Clippers by far are a leader as far as getting to back to getting to the championship. So he didn't really take an L if you ask me. There was no L in that one. I don't think I don't think he took an L. I don't, I don't think there was a wrong decision. I, I I was kind of 
just asking from the perspective of the way that town loved him. He was going to be a hero forever. He gives Maybe no he is shits anyway. about that. Zero no shits, shits about that. Okay. No. Okay. That, no. that was what I was. That, okay. I knew he was out of Toronto right when they won the championship. Like, he. Just the way he. Like, did you ever see. Did you ever. Like, my friends send me little clips of when teams come out of the, the locker room and they're like in the little tunnel waiting to be announced, they come out there. Like it, there was just a weirdness about how Kawhi communicated with those guys. Like it just seemed like he never really embraced that town or that team. It was just like a temporary stop. Oh shit. I got a ring out of this shit too, bet, but I'm out of here. You know? Gotcha. And then in the case of football, what you're saying is not only is it's okay. At worst it's life threatening, but at best, it's a grind whether you're winning or losing. Correct. And then it, so you got to just take what you can get when you can get it. Yeah, because players are starting to realize right. now, like when all this loyalty, like when the, the teams are saying you guys are a family, as you can see, you're not family when they're done with you. You know, right. so the players are now seeing it more as a business. And I think that's why the fans are a little frustrated because they're so used to the players you know, trying to tuck in whenever they're trying to do business moves against the team. Now it's blatant. Now the players just don't give a shit anymore. They're they're not drinking the Kool-Aid of this family shit. They are now like, yo, it's business. Zeke was like, this is business. I understand I got two years left in my contract and I really don't give a fuck because guess what? I can, I can sit out this whole year and I'm actually going to be healthier. I'm going to be better. <laughs> Le- Le'Veon Bell is he had a whole bunch of tweaks and tinks and bumps and bruises that I'm pretty sure he is so thankful for that whole year off to really get another HGH cycle going I hope he did that you know there's ways to do right. that shit legally right, now right, right. you know get you a whole HGH cycle get your body fine-tuned get your fluid levels up everything ready to go so then next year you really at running back this is this it's a crazy grind at running back you know so having a year off is actually a benefit for you and they got everybody thinking that if you take a year off that, you know, it, it, the, your career is going to pass you by. It's not. Michael Vick, Michael Vick, I don't think there's been ever been very many players that have depended on their athleticism more than Michael right. Vick. He had multiple years off. He had to sit in a damn cell, prison. couldn't train, came back. Eating prison food. <laughs> yeah. And he shook off the rust. And within a year, he was back to making people miss. Yeah. These are very special genetic freaks yeah. that are going to, you know, that that football. So, yeah, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. Le'Veon Bell is probably going to have a pretty nice year. I don't know about like the Jets, in his prime. but he, ah. yeah, he should be fine. He should be just right. fine. And, and that's what the players have to believe in themselves. You have to play this chess game with these owners. You have to because this is all you have. The, the average elite, the career average is now dropped to three and a half years. For the average NFL player. So it's kind of like if people could just imagine whatever job you do right now, somebody told you you're only going to last three and a half years and there's no plan B. There's no other job that you have backed up after this. Wouldn't you want to capitalize and get as much as you could? Right. Especially when you know that it has not, it has very little as a whole, not the individual mm-hmm. player, but as a whole, that, that number three and a half years has nothing to do with how good you are. Nothing. For most players, that's probably when they're finally starting to wrap their heads around the playbook, the lifestyle, the travel, all that, and it's starting the game's starting to slow down for them. But you want to know why the three and a half year mark is? Is because the insurance premiums for the players go way up the yep. older they get. Yep. And it costs the teams a lot of money. 
and then the younger players are cheaper to insure. And so they will take a worse player that is cheaper mm-hmm. than keep a veteran unless that veteran is really talented. Yep. That's the game. And that's why I told Brent, I want to do a rookie symposium. I'm going to call it a real nigga symposium because I want to talk to these rookies and these young guys about what, the, what really happens. You know, the, the, these teams don't give them the real truth. They don't want them to know, you know, how the sausage is made. You don't figure that out until year four when you're already fucking inside the, the shit. And it's like, damn, I wish I knew this. You know how many players to this day, to this fucking day, still think that they're going to get their non-guaranteed money. Oh, I signed five years, $100 million, and I have $35 million guaranteed. Well, I'm going to get $100 million. No, you're not. You get $35 million. That's it. And they're going to cut you or restructure you after that, unless you're a quarterback. And if you're a quarterback, your, your guarantee wouldn't even be that low. Right. But they don't, they you- don't understand because their agent also isn't educating them on how these contracts work. Do you think that also just at, at that age, they're not even in a mode to listen? They they're think just excited. $100 million. Yeah, they, they, the $100 million, they, they think their career is going to go forever. They feel invincible. The money's intoxicating. They, they don't know what taxes are. They don't they don't realize how big of a check they got to cut their management. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's an age old thing, you know, that someone says, well, I can spend half of it and I'll, and I still got the other half. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, that hundred million isn't like you're saying yeah. isn't guaranteed. It's maybe thirty five. You spend half of it, you're in debt. First of all, half of it, damn near half of it, is gonna go to Uncle Sam. Right. You <laughs> spend twenty. You spend a quarter of it. Yeah. You, you, you have no money because of taxes and the in your ma- management agent and 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 all your hangers honors and and everybody you had to take yep. care of that were there for you on the way up. And here you are, thirty unemployed. With six million dollars in your bank account and no plan B, you don't even know how to use that six million. And then your ass is so dumb, you're going around here still trying to act like you still got it, you still living that life, you still spending money like you got a check coming in, and next thing you know, you're broke. I think I think if you guys did do that that symposium, you know, it, it's gonna. I think the hardest part is gonna be. The fact that you you know it's going to fall on a lot of deaf ears, mm-hmm. you know they're they're gonna they're gonna roll their eyes, but if it just affects one guy a year, yeah, it'll it'll be beneficial for culture. It'll be it, it, that yeah. person will come back and and say thank you ten years down the road, and and it'll mean the world, you know, and and, and it's a positive impact. It's a really low risk, low output, you know, possibly high reward mm-hmm. uh, endeavor. That's, that's pretty cool. And you know what's sad is a lot of these veteran players, they're so embarrassed by how they, you know, handled their money and what they did. They don't even want to tell these guys, like, yo, let me tell you how I fucked up. Like, they just keep the secrets to themselves and just, like, like lie, I guess, is what I would call it. Because whenever you see a guy, like, like I couldn't imagine – you know, seeing some guys that look up to me or, you know, like following my footsteps, asking me questions and me not first handling, talking about money first. Like that's just first fuck the playbook and all that kind of stuff. Like you have to understand how your money works. That's in any business, not just the NFL. Like I don't understand why these players that got fucked over that, that allowed the system to play them because they weren't on top of their shit. Don't then turn around and give the game 
to the young guys. That's what they should be doing. But everybody's just either embarrassed or trying to hold on to, you know, whoever these people think they are. And they don't want to come and, and, and give the game back. But that's how the NFL is. It's, a, it's really cutthroat. It's really shady. Everybody's like doing a prison sentence. And it's, it's every man for himself. It's like greedy. And that's why their CBA shits the bed every time they get a new one. Because nobody wants to like stand on anything and say, hey, you guys, we have to think as a unit. We have to care about, you know, the guys coming behind us in these contracts. You know, like it's just See, that, that's, that's really deep. Because what you just touched on saying how cutthroat they are and how competitive they are, mm-hmm. you know, within you their own sport, the, well, you don't get to the NFL without stepping on a lot of people to get there. Yeah, it's hard. I, I imagine it's hard to flip that switch. You, you almost got to be wired that way. It's not something you can really turn off or turn on. You got to you, you live your whole life in this hyper competitive environment where you've been rewarded for being cutthroat. And now all of a sudden you're supposed to the leopard's supposed to change their spots. I, I don't. I, maybe we're asking too much of those veterans, you know, to, to be able to do that. It, it hasn't re, it hasn't served them well to be to be that friendly, right? Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, I don't know. Do you remember who Chris Forrester is? I do not. Chris Forrester um, was an offensive line coach for the Miami Dolphins a couple years ago. He said the video to his side bitch uh, doing lines oh. of coke. His side yeah. bitch is my friend, Kiana. <clears throat> I've had on the podcast twice. Uh, Chris Forrester, remember they didn't fire him. They allowed him to retire and he went to rehab. Remember that? And I said right. on my podcast, I said, I guarantee you give him a year of a job again. Well, he has a job. Wow. For, for the for San Francisco 49ers, they have hired him. Quietly. Wow. Quietly. It's quiet. (laughs) Can you believe this? Are coaches that hard to find? No, it's 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 really a good old good boy good old boy system, whatever you want to call it. He's in the circle. He's in the loop. I guarantee you if this was a black coach, he's done for life. Right. Right. You don't uh, yeah, get these type of you're doing lines of coke in the office, in your office, on the premise of your organization. They don't even fire you. They allow you to retire so that you can get the help you need. You know, the, the counter arguments, which is clearly bullshit, but I'll, we'll just throw it out there Let's for argument's sake, is it's very difficult. You know, the, the X's and the O's of the NFL are not the hardest part. It's finding people that can do the, the relentless 16 to 18 hour days year round. Coaching is a grind mm-hmm. and very few people are, are built for it. And it is hard on families, oh, hard yes. on the boss, all that. And so they say, you know, that there's more talented coaches that can't put in those kind of hours. Yeah. But you can't tell me that and then hire a guy who's clearly not grinding or the right. shit he's grinding is a powder on the table. Like he's, he's <laughs> so. It, if you're telling me that you need guys that can make it through the 16 to 18 hour days and, and are just kind of nuts about watching film, that ain't it. Mm-mm. He don't qualify at all. So it's uh, yeah. What 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 other way to explain it than than good old boys club? Yeah, yeah. I wish I had that kind of job security. Right, you could do the fuckest shit and still keep your job. Like, but. 
You know, I feel like they should drug test him now like they would do players. He's on a year of probation. He's got to get random drug tests for the whole year. Why isn't that happening to coaches? But they do right. it to players. When you're in the program, you get tested for a solid year at any moment. And this is not just steroids. This is whatever substance you were using. But Interesting. That is, it's not fair. It's not all equal. Um couple more top I didn't didn't watch the Khabib fight but I saw that he had a submission did you watch it I did watch it how was he, it he dominated you know and and Poirier is a really good fighter um and Khabib just kept coming forward and he just he wears guys down he, he's very patient he waits to make his move he's the prototypical guy that knows what butters his bread and does not deviate from it Mm. And he, he's he's going to wear you down, and by the third round, you, you're going to be ready to out. quit. Yeah, you, you're going to he's going to get an easy choke on you, and he's just so good at leaning on guys against the fence, and and wearing them down and applying that pressure, and then he shoots in for the takedown. Uh, man, I I'm Tony so mad. Ferguson's, Tony Ferguson's really the guy. The the, the only guy or Connor, if he gets his life together, oh God. that 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 stands a chance against them. You know, I, I still think Connor's a pretty special athlete. Absolutely. He, you know, he's got to get it. He's got to be at his best. He cannot bring his B game again and mm-hmm. and and fight Khabib. And and Tony Ferguson has the wrestling background and the unorthodox style and the endurance to probably go up against Khabib. But you know, that fight's cursed. It's been canceled four times. Jeez. So probably you not going to happen. Right, you know, but all hats off to Khabib. I mean, he, he's—it's a simple game plan, and he—he—he's—he sticks to what he's great at. He doesn't try to be anything he's not. Well, you know? fuck the UFC for having the damn fight in Abu Dhabi at two p.m. while Serena was going for championship number twenty-four. She lost. Oh, it I love. Was... I can't. I've been dying to talk about this. So let me just get this off first of all. Okay. I don't understand how she played today and the rest of the tournament, she was a completely different player. Today was nothing like what I've seen this entire tournament. And even the, the comeback, even the, even the, you know, the, the, the chance that she gave herself, she still didn't look like she looked the rest of the tournament. Like, I don't really, I don't really understand what happened. Please, please explain it to me. Okay. So for the people listening, you may or may not know both, Miko and I are low-key tennis nuts. Yeah, we you know, are. Me, I, I, I've gotten totally addicted to it. I, I play six days a week. I do tournaments. I, I, I'm constantly training and taking lessons. It's it's ping pong where you're basically too tired to talk shit. Yeah. If you've never done it, like <laughs> right. if, you, if you like ping pong and you like being athletic, tennis you, is a tennis. lot more fun. It, it, you know, If you can get past the culture and the country club yeah. snootiness of it, you know, because deep down, both of us are basketball players at heart. Yeah. So it's really a, the opposite culture of what we're used to. Quiet. Get past that. Yeah. It's the a game fun is really game. fun. It's fun as really. shit. Yeah. So here's my analysis of it. And I got a couple things. The first one is for people that have never played tennis, it is a grind. Your body gets beaten down. You're playing on concrete. You're playing all the time. A day, it's not like basketball where you can take a day off and you come back and you're still, and you're fine. Every, yeah, 
Mm-mm. Every day you're not playing tennis, you really feel like you're getting worse. And every day you keep playing, you stay sharp and you feel like you're getting better. And that can break a body down. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when you're going through a tournament and you're on this high and you're playing as great as she was, it's not inconceivable. Eventually, you're not going to be playing so great. Eventually, yeah. you're going to get tired. That's what I saw today. I-, I saw she was tired. She finally hit a physical wall. She's a lot older than mm-hmm. she was, you know, and I'm going to go in on her trainer. I think she should have fired that guy a long time ago. Why? And Why do you say that? He's just not showing her anything different. He's not keeping her fresh. What? I, I got my reasons and I, I'm going to go into them right now. I, so she, they've won 10 grand slams together. And I know that players, when they have a trainer like that and they've got this close relationship, it, when you're out on that island in tennis, Man, your core little bubble of circle of people are that, that support you are super important. It's hard to let go of those. Mm-hmm. But I think she would have won those 10 grand slams with or without him. She was at one time was the most physical. The combination of physical dominance and mental strength her and her sister have had over the competition is un- unlike, you know, many things we've seen. You know, she, she the, the, the and I, so I think she wins with or without that guy. But the moment he kind of told me who he was is when he talked her out of breastfeeding. Okay. okay. After she had the kid and, and the breastfeeding helps a woman regulate their hormones. It helps them, the weight come off from mm-hmm. the baby. She's still carrying a lot of weight. Where's that weight supposed to go? You know, you have a baby. The natural thing is to breastfeed. It's 600 calories a day minimum that the kids, you know, sucking out of them. The weight comes off in, in, 60 to 90 days maybe even maybe even quicker when you're an athlete like her you know my wife lost all her baby weight in under 30 days you know and and so when you tell the woman not to do that you're messing with her hormones you're messing with her weight and and i at her age i don't think her margin for error for when it comes to nutrition and how she takes care of her body, it's not as wide as it once was. You mm-hmm. got to be on point. You're playing girls that are 25, 26, and the and prime now of their 19. Body. 19, right? They're not going to get tired. It's going to be easier for Serena to get hurt. And so when I just see a player that was so mentally strong, she lost the first set and she just looked defeated. She looked weak. But then she when looked- she get, she made that run, I was thinking to myself, like, damn, she could really do this. But even in that run, like there was just a lot of just balls she didn't even attempt to hit. Right. Right. So personally, I, I just think she's got the wrong trainer coach with her. I I I I I, I think he way overstepped his boundaries. I think he made her, you know has has done some things that makes her struggle as an athlete because because she's i still think she's good enough to i think he's probably cost her three grand slams and you know since since that baby was Mm. born well you know i think that you know as a mother i breastfed obviously i wasn't you know hitting balls as a professional but i think that anything that has to do with your child is personal and I don't think she should have listened to him, trainer or not. You know, that's a personal matter for a right. mother. But she probably just didn't know. She probably was just going with whatever she, you know, your trainer, you're supposed to trust them to, you know, tell you what's right. best for you. You know, that's why, I'm not, that's why I don't blame her. I, I, I get the trust she has in him. I'm not I'm not coming down on her 
for it. You know, I blame him. It, 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 to me, it's a no-brainer, idiotic move. You, you know, I you're messing with her hormones. You're messing with her emotional stability, and it's clearly shown. I, she's just not mentally that raw. And she could very she well just be declining. You know, like that happens. Greats decline. Right. You right. get slower. Right. Right. Your body doesn't. I mean, I'm 44 now. Let me just tell you a couple of years ago, I felt completely different. Now I'm like, shit, you know, that's a good thing about tennis is it doesn't really affect it. But I still play basketball and things just go slower. You're not able no matter like I can still run three miles in fucking 30 minutes. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to go after the ball the same, jump as high. You know what I mean? Like there's just certain parts of your body that start to decline before others. And I, I agreed. I, I, I think, but I, I think she's so good. I still think she's got time. I mean, left. Yeah. Even she in made, even in her know? decline, she's still that bitch. She's just yeah. not overwhelmingly that bitch. You know what I mean? Right. Like she actually but, has to work. She actually has to play now to to solidify her greatness. It just, it just makes me wonder what other wacky shit he's got her doing. Oh Lord! Right? You know, I, I mean, you. this is a this is this is a girl that not long ago won a Grand Slam while pregnant. Right. You know, and so like, I just I wonder what other stuff because to me it's, it's this is such an obvious blunder it tells me this guy doesn't even own, understand the basics of a of, of female biology a lot of and men so, don't and they don't care <laughs> okay he, he, he's paid he's paid to care he's, he's, no but i'm I, saying you know. he doesn't care to do that research he's just going right. off of what he thinks right he don't yeah, have those tits I, he didn't push that watermelon out of a fucking peach hole that shit right. is different, you know, and and that's what that's another thing just with sports in general. Like, I, I don't like I don't think that people like, for example, today, Aiden goes, man, Serena always loses. And I'm like, she's the most winningest tennis player. Like, what do you mean? You know, and I think that a lot of times when our greats lose, we especially as women, we just kind of don't realize how great they still are even. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh, she's lost this one, and then she lost this one, and this. But Serena is even today, even in her in her defeat, she's just amazing. Like just almost pulling off, you know, getting set two. Just the fact that she was able to run off four games like that, right? That just shows you that she's still great. Well, all this said, I mean, I watched her throughout this tournament. I still like watching her play. She, she was phenomenal. Yes. I, I was saying this, we were talking earlier on the phone, and I've never seen two people so dominant at the same time. The way Nadal's playing mm-hmm. is phenomenal, and the way yeah. Serena was, she looked unbelievable. Yeah, like the shots she was hitting one after another. It was like, wow, she's back. Yeah, because I've had this theory about her trainer for a long time now. And I said, well, I guess it's been a long enough since the baby was born. She's finally, she's finally back. And then, but you know, I think she just hit a wall physically. Uh, mm-hmm. People don't realize, man, the heat in, in New York, the, the, and the grind of playing a tennis tournament like that. Yeah. They, these players, these, these tennis players, they, they do two to three hours of warm up prior yeah. to even getting on the court yeah. against their opponent. 
Yeah, I, I've never really been big on warming up when I play tennis. Like, I needed, like, five minutes, maybe ten at the most if I needed to, like, loosen up my serve, and I'm ready to go. I can't keep – I can't be wasting this energy. <laughs> well, I mean, that, the average person has trouble with a two-hour match. Right. You know, the average tennis player that's conditioned for tennis, the average recre- recreational tennis player, people got to realize that after her first set, she's four hours in. Mm-hmm. You know, and that this is what her fifth match of the tournament. Yeah, in in ten days, it's a lot. Those, those matches pull a lot out of you, and you know, I, I realize that most people don't play tennis. So I'm trying to illustrate to maybe some of the listeners to have a have a greater respect for it as a sport because it is pretty physically demanding. Yeah, it absolutely is, and so that's why we got to give our props to uh, Bianca. She she did that, you know, yep. props to her. Canada wins again. You know, Drake is somewhere happy, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, they can you know what they can uh, they can enjoy it while it lasts because Coco's coming. Yeah, she is coming. Um, before She's we get legit. out of here, let me just give okay. somebody their flowers before, you know, it's too late. Lisa Leslie uh, is finally getting a statue outside Staples Center. So many props to her. Um, Lisa's like Serena, too, when I, in the fact that because they're women, I think that their accolades and their accomplishments have been overshadowed, you know. And if, if you if you heard this, if you heard this from, let's just take the title off the jersey. Let's take the sex off the jersey. This is just a basketball player from Inglewood, California, okay? Basketball player, Inglewood, California. Dominated in high school at Inglewood Morningside, scored 101 points once and a half. Went to college at USC, local, still in L.A., first-team all-conference all four years. Went to the Los Angeles Sparks, okay, local still in L.A., won two rings, three league MVPs in Staples, averaging 17.3, 9.1 rebounds, 2.3 blocks, three all-star game MVPs, four gold medals, and now just became a coach of the big three for the first time and won a championship and coach of the year. That's Lisa Leslie. Locally, locally, L.A. girl. And she's finally getting some fucking roses. Shout out Lisa Leslie, man. She, I've known her since probably 14 years old. We've never played together. We've always played against each other all the way up until college. We never played against each other in the pros. Obviously, I went overseas, but we played in a summer league called the Say No Classic. For all my L.A. people, you know what that is. It's a summer league in, at USC, and I played against her all four years. But she is incredible. Incredible. Not just an athlete, just a person. She's a great mother. Um, she's a great leader. She's always, you know, just been a positive role model to all kinds of any kids, not just little girls. And I feel like the, the Lisa, her, her career has gotten overshadowed because she's a female. Like, think about that. All these things that she has accomplished and they're finally giving her like this statue would have happened for anybody else way faster. Right. And, right. and, and- Go ahead. She's a, she's a legitimate in sports. I believe they let way too many people into the hall of fame. Yes. It's not the hall of very good. It's supposed to be the hall of great. And, and what you just listed off of her statistically and her accomplishments and the fact that she is a household name, 
mm-hmm. uh, across the country and across the basketball world. She is a true legitimate Hall of Famer by the strictest of standards. Absolutely, she is. And the Lakers and the Sparks, you know, they're owned by the same people, obviously. They're giving her a statue outside of Staples Center. Finally. Like, Isn't this the same organization that took forever to, to put one up for Kareem also? Yes, and I think that had a lot to do with Kareem protesting and some of the things that he did. I see. Yeah. But I don't know what was taking so long with Lisa. Like, she should have gotten this the day she retired. Like I was Especially just like, since they're owned by a female. Yes. And it's in L.A. She's done all this in L.A. In her hometown. I, I, I mean, I, I can't disagree with you. So I'm just happy that they're doing it. I'm happy that it's happened. And congratulations again to her. Congratulations to Serena, too, just for making it back to the championship with the U.S. Open. It's still a great accomplishment in your late 30s. Like, my goodness, after Olivia, after your beautiful daughter, you know. So I just want to give a big shout out to women's sports, man. We don't really get we don't get the the respect we deserve a lot of times. And I get it. You know, our, our game is played below the rim and, and, and slower to most people. But listen. Women rule the world. I hope you know that. Make sure you kiss your wife and tell her you love her tonight. <laughs> you <laughs> while you over that. there, you know you got a little baby over there. These things aren't possible without this vagina, man. We gotta respect the vagina. <laughs> they, they, there's a reason why you know women under thirty outperform men. In, in most professions, you take out all the athletic professions, there's nothing more powerful and dangerous on the planet than a strong, intelligent, good looking woman. Mm. There's exactly. literally they, they, they outperform men, any measurement or metric. The only reason that they, they, you know, there's this possible, you know, this wage gap is because women make the rational decision that men can't make. Mm hmm. At some point, they realize they want to have a family and they, they make the sacrifice and realize working 12 hour days at the law firm doesn't make sense anymore. My quality yeah. of life isn't any better. And they actually make the smart decision to step away from it, from high paying jobs. Mm-hmm. So 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 they can go raise their family. Men men can't turn that switch off for whatever fucking reason, myself included. And, and so, like, you know, it yeah, is. I'm agreeing with it is what it is, man. But, hey, thank you so much. You're always welcome here on the iHeartMiko podcast. You are no longer a guest. You are a friend of the show. How about that? Love it. Because I hate guests. Guest means, like, you know, you can't take your shoes off here. You can't get up and go in the fridge. You can take your shoes off, sit in your style, open the fridge, get whatever you want on this podcast. I will always appreciate you, and I always have time to hear your shit. So thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All that right. You have a, a you have a All good right. one and I'll be back soon to play some tennis with you too. Okay. All right. All right. Peace. Wait. That was Raider Bounty. Shout out uh, my favorite Oakland Raider fan for joining me. Um, I appreciate him. He always has the tea. And as this story continues to unfold, I will keep you guys updated. Um, This episode wasn't supposed to happen. I was supposed to record Tuesday, but I'm probably going to record Tuesday again anyway. Just because I love you guys. And I will see you next week. Don't forget, live show, October 26th in Miami. Tickets are on sale at iHeartMikoLive.com. Get your tickets soon. Peace. Do anything for the cash.